Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? Jeremy Brenner here. And tonight, it's the middle of All-Star break, and we missed y'all. So we figured we'd come on, chop up some Rockets talk, bring on some guests if y'all got it. And, yeah, we're going to be talking all things Rockets here for the next little bit here. Obviously, I can't do this alone, so I'm bringing my co-pilot up, Mr. Michael Brown. Mike, how's All-Star break treating you, my good sir? Man, it's been good. It's been good. It's been good to uh, recharge a little bit. It's always good to be back on with you and, uh, you know, ready to talk all things Houston Rockets with you, my good sir. Yeah, we, you know, we could go in a lot of different directions for tonight, but um, I never really got to ask you a lot about TDS tonight um, at the Rockets game about a week and a half ago. So, I want to hear about that and uh, feel free to tell the listeners and throw some shout outs in there from people that you might have met. Man, it was cool. We uh, we went to the game, caught some drinks at House of Blues before. I did meet uh, a couple guys that they were sad you were not there, Jeremy, um, but they were Mavericks fans, but happened to listen to the show because they find our banter back and forth that entertaining. So that was pretty cool. 
Well, <laughs> shout out. Well, I mean, D- Darren, our managing editor, told me about that. Um, did you get their names by any chance? Uh, I did. I, I can't recall. Um, but it was cool, man. Uh, you know, we gave out some shirts. We gave out some stickers. We gave out some koozies. Uh, I did not spend the $140 in the team store that they wanted for a jersey, which is just asinine. Uh, Jalen Green's going to get a new jersey next season anyway. What do you mean? Oh, he's number change, wise. He's changing yeah. to four, yeah. For sure. Uh, I did pick up uh, for 60 bucks an audit, two autographed pictures, uh, 30 bucks each, one of Bill Worrell and one of Rudy Tomjanovich. Very nice. Uh, that I will post on the Twitter uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, but it was cool, man. The uh, I mean, the building's half empty, mm-hmm. uh, which is it's sad, man, because the guys are playing their hearts out just but it's so embarrassing the crowd that they pull yeah i cannot tell you the last time i was at toyota center yeah i mean i didn't go at all for me only because obviously i just don't live there and obviously i haven't haven't been there since i want to say the last game i was there it was 2017 maybe 2018 Mm -hmm. um and the rockets were obviously a you know very good um and like i want to say if we played the bucks I, that like the, the Bucks ring because I remember seeing a guy there who had a Giannis like that head, and this was before Giannis was like who he was today. But yeah. I mean, it was just like that's it, it's it's spotty. It's been a while since I've been in Toyota Center, so I wish I could have been there. Um, but geography kind of kind of sucks with that, I, you know. But also, I you know, Darren flew in from Pittsburgh. So I really can't complain. And, and our two Mavericks fans, shout out to y'all. Uh, thank you for all the kind words that you have uh, said about us. And I'm thankful that you guys are listening to the show. Feel free to DM me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner and uh, maybe I can get y'all something. I, I really want to help y'all out. Um, and you know, I did do, I did do some Mavericks coverage, um, you know, for a little bit with sports illustrated. So um, we can chop up Mavericks, all that um, as well. So if you know, if you, the people that are the people that we're talking about know who they are. Feel free to DM me and Mike. I'd love to get to know y'all and chop it up with you guys sometime. But um, yeah, so that's going on. And, you know, I guess kind of as we're talking about games, um, I'm going to the Magic game on Friday. I live in Orlando and the Rockets are in town. So I, I – you know, I work for the Magic. I work in like game day stuff as well. It's you know one of the many hats that I that I wear. But um, you know, I, I specifically asked for this game off. I'm like, let me get this game off. I want to go to the game just as a fan. It's been so long, Mike, since I've been to a game as a fan. Just any sporting event as a fan. Um, I mean, I went to like one minor league hockey game a few months ago, but other than that, like I've never, I haven't seen the Rockets live in so long. So I'm super excited. I think the last time I went to see the Rockets live, I was covering it for the dream shake back in 2019. James Harden dropped 54 on, on the magic. Do you remember that game, Mike? Uh, I do. I do, man. That was a good game. It was a great game. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I wish, excited. I wish, I wish I could be in Orlando for the game. That sounds like it'd be a hell of a good time. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe one day. Maybe, yeah. Maybe potentially. One day. Potentially. Yeah. We still yeah. haven't met, Mike. We still have. I know, met. man. I know. And, and the guy, the guys that are talking the about that. Though, but maybe yeah. next year, maybe next I, year at the, at the Rockets game for TDS night. Yeah. When Darren walked in, I was like, Oh, 
you're Darren. That- <laughs> I, was like, I was like, and you're like the greatest co-host ever because like – He's like a catfish. Yeah, he comes back with a beer and he's like, yeah, Jeremy, uh, you know, Jeremy bought us a round of drinks. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, if Jeremy's buying a round of drinks. But like, he walks in and I go, oh, what's up, man? Uh, so, no, it was – it's definitely – you know, Orlando, Orlando's got some, some good memories. Rockets. Games yeah. For me. We also and beat them for the uh, championship. Exactly. Uh, game one, game one of 95 definitely comes to mind, but are you, are uh, you familiar just real quick of the greatest troll job in the history of the Rockets organization with the Orlando magic? Oh, not, I, I'm sure I will when you say it, but go okay. ahead. Game one. I think it was game. It was one of the games at compact center when we were playing the magic in the finals and during the uh, intros for the Magic, Matt Thomas was the PA announcer, and they played It's a Small World as like yeah. the, the entrance music for the Magic. And every single time I watch it, it makes me chuckle. I feel like that was the original one because definitely – I definitely heard of other uh, stadiums or arenas do that with the Magic, um, but I don't think anyone did that before, before we did it here in Houston. So good. I hope so we're the good. originators of that because it's really clever. Yeah. Um, but if we're a copycat, hey, like, you know, sometimes sometimes things are meant to be copied because it's that good. And if we were a copycat of that, I wouldn't really complain either. But let's talk the not the nineteen ninety five Rockets, unfortunately, but we're talking oh. about the twenty twenty two Rockets, which aren't quite as good as that ninety five team, but it's more of the uh state of why we're here today. The state yes, of the Rockets is what I've titled this episode of the show because you know it really the all-star break is a good time to really just assess where you are and and let's see what we have moving forward so um mike i don't think we've talked since the trade deadline at least on a podcast um so i i I know i'm not gonna really like the answer of it just because i know kind of i i kind of know your feelings about it but what were your thoughts on on the rockets deadline um I mean, I was disappointed, you know, initially to find out that that's all that they did. The Schroeder, the Schroeder deal as a whole, I don't love because A, they didn't pick up a draft pick in the deal. And I mean, you're, you're rubbing off on me because that was my first thought was like, ugh, they didn't get a draft pick in this. Um, you know, they obviously waived, uh, Enos Freedom. As soon as they acquired him, Bruno Fernando has no spot on this team in the future. Schroeder is interesting to me because I don't like the fact that he's just an expiring deal because unless you think differently, Jeremy, to me, this was the easiest way for the Rockets to get out of the remaining years on the Tice deal, which is admitting failure to your biggest offseason signing from this past offseason. I see a so, lot of similarities to this trade that I do with the Kelly Olenek trade that was made last year. Like yeah. the Kelly Olenek trade was an admission that the Victor Oladipo acquisition was a failure. But if you remember, Mike, Kelly Olenek was the dude in that second half of the year for the Rockets. And he was arguably the most favorite player on the team when he was here. And like Kelly Olenek isn't even that good. Like he's not, he's not contributing for the Pistons, which are worse than the Rockets right now. So, like, I mean, it's it was Fair. really just kind of a 
you know, we got we got to find a new home for him and get something out of it. And I think that's what the Tice deal is, too. And with Schroeder, you know, there is a lot of plus and minus with him because and similar to Kelly Olenek, right? Like Kelly Olenek was a starter. He was taking up a lot of minutes. But I think when Kelly Olenek was on the floor, that was the best version of Christian Wood that we have seen as a rocket, in my opinion. Um, at least in the two years that we've seen him. And I mean, maybe there was a stretch during the season when he was going 20 and 10 every night, maybe that stretched a little bit better, but you know, Christian Wood really thrived under Kelly Olenek and it really made you look like he was um, like, he could be a real difference maker in Houston once he, you know, recovered from his ankle injury last year. So there was, benefits the Kelly Olenek deal. And even though Olenek was never going to resign with the Rockets, Dennis Schroeder's not going to resign with the Rockets after the season. And it was, you know, Mark Stein made it, you know, official today. He basically said that there's no plans for the Rockets to buy out Dennis Schroeder. But I think there can be some benefits here with the Schroeder trade. You know, it's interesting because there is a lot of negatives. I don't like the fact that in that first game against Utah last week that Josh Christopher played like 10 minutes after he had played arguably his best stretch of basketball the whole season. And he took all those minutes, but in the next game, he proved exactly why he should be with the Rockets in that Phoenix game. I think I, I like Dennis Schroeder as a player. You know, I like what he brings. I mean, when he was in Boston, you know, he's averaging 15 points a game, 15 and a half points a game. Now, one could argue he's playing above what his career trajectory was. He's also in a contract year. You know, I think we did a show last week where I talked about Schroeder. Somebody asked me what I think what he's going to make on his next contract. In my opinion, it's going to be somewhere like the two to three years, nine million a year. Somewhere oh, okay, nine million a year. Yeah, I oh, mean, like a nine million period. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I think he's <laughs> gonna make more. I think what's confusing about Schroeder's role on this team is what is Silas going to use him as? You know, like does he take up? Because I think they're gonna sit Gordon more and more as the season goes on. I, I think Gordon's gonna miss it you know, a decent amount of time. Now, if Schroeder steps into that Gordon role, I'm okay with it. But if Schroeder's playing alongside Gordon, they're going to eat up a lot of those minutes that I want to go to a Josh Christopher. Right. Um, so to answer your question, Jeremy, like I gave it a, I gave the trade a C minus for the Rockets. I like the fact that they got out from under the Tice contract because they're never going to use him properly. I like that Tice got back to Boston where I think he's actually going to be really good for them down the stretch. I agree. I don't like the return as a whole. Uh, trade deadline, yeah. the trade deadline as a whole, I gave a D plus because I think the Rockets just completely overshot their expectations of what they were going to get for their best assets. And the buzzer came and they're like, oh crap, like what are we going to do? Yeah. Like, look, they have they have 24 games left in the season, right? 24 games between now and April 10th. And they're not going to like I don't think that these 24 games are really going to matter in terms of the grand scheme of everything. We're going to see probably a lot of losing. I think six and 18 is about a a decent enough of a mark to where you could totally see that. Um, But 
you know, Dennis Schroeder, the, the benefits that he brings is the fact that they have a guy that can really, truly set up the offense. And Mike, that's something that you have been clamoring for the whole yep. season. And, and, and that's what Schroeder can be. And he can really set, I think Jalen Green is going to be the one that truly benefits the most from Dennis Schroeder being there because if they, if Schroeder and Jalen Green get minutes, that is what, like, that is what Jalen needs. Jalen needs like a real playmaker point guard that can set him up nicely as, as Kevin Porter is still trying to learn those aspects of the game. And I think he's gotten better over the last couple of years. That's also another thing. I think Kevin Porter benefits from having Schroeder there more off the court than on the court because he can see what a what an eight nine year veteran has done and what he can do with the offense and you know I don't think that Kevin Porter's ceiling is Dennis Schroeder I think Kevin Porter's ceiling is far above what Dennis Schroeder has been in his career which is you know a serviceable starter or a sixth man off the bench I think I hope that Kevin Porter can be better than that but I think having a guy like him he seems like a very team first guy, you know, he's a guy that you can really learn a lot from. And I think that's, that's why that's where his most, uh, that's where his value is really going to be seen is, is off the court and mentoring Kevin Porter and on the court with Jalen green. And I think, I think three other guys um, that he's going to greatly benefit. I think first and foremost is a guy like Jay Sean Tate. Cause I think Jay Sean Tate is the type of guy that, He's one of the only guys on this team that thrives in an off-ball setting, meaning that cuts to the basket, being put in a position. If you know Tate is very, very good on the low block. You get him the ball on the low block, he's going to score out of 10 times, probably seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, that's how talented he is. But a guy like Garrison Matthews also thrives from a guy like Schroeder that can set up the offense, drive and kick you know, to him for open shots. Shangun as well. You know, so I think those three guys benefit from Schroeder. The direction, though, of acquiring a guy like, I, why are the Rockets completely out on re signing a guy like Schroeder? You know, if they don't. Because pick up he's going to take a, minutes away from Josh Christopher. I think that's like the biggest thing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And, and look, they have, they have at least two first round picks coming in. Dacian Nix. They just signed to a four-year That's deal. Fair. They That's have fair. a lot of guys that have more upside long-term. And I don't think Dennis Schroeder would want to come back to the Rockets unless it's on like a one-year deal where they're, they're, there's like a under-the-table agreement to where they're going to trade him at the deadline. Um, but I think with Dennis Schroeder, like that's kind of how we felt about Kelly Olenek, remember, right? Where, you know, we were like, well, he's good. He's not part of the long-term plans, obviously. But at the same time, maybe we maybe we could resign him. So like, I don't know. We've seen three games from him so far. One was a big miss. One was a big hit, and the other was kind of more of a miss than a hit. But I think we're going to get a lot of that mixed bag from Dennis Schroeder. I don't think he's going to be great every single game, but I do think we're going to see some moments where you realize his value on on the team. Yeah. Um, but. Go ahead, Mike. I'm going to bring up a new speaker once you once you're sure. done finishing. Up. No, no, no. I just I think I think a lot at this point, Jeremy, is going to depend on what they do in the draft. You know, because they're not going to be picking lower than seventh. They're going to be picking between one and seven. I think everybody's in agreement on that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, another pick on top of that. 
Correct. I think the the biggest thing, and I'm I'm going to say it early. I said it last week. You and I haven't talked about it. Let's say they completely miss out on the top three, and they're drafting, let's say fifth, and they end up with a guy like Jaden Ivy from Purdue. That changes the entire trajectory of what this team is going to need to do in the free agency in the rest of the draft. Right. So I think a guy I like Schroeder. I don't love Schroeder. Would I like him back? I'd like him back on a team friendly deal, but I think he's going to get paid elsewhere. Uh, but I do think after seeing what he did in the Phoenix game, albeit I think it bears mentioning that it was, Chris Paul only played 19 minutes that game. And if Chris Paul plays the entire game, that's probably a different ending. But the Rockets still played one of their better games of the year. And Dennis Schroeder was a massive part of that game. So if he can bring that same energy and leadership rest of the year, he definitely has value. And that trade definitely benefits this roster for this season. Yeah. Let's bring up Mauricio here to the stage. Okay. Mauricio, welcome to the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? Hello. I'm good. What's up, Mauricio? So feel free to talk about anything we've talked about earlier. Add your two cents or send us in another direction. We're good either way. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I heard the Rockets traded away, uh, Tice, I was, I was coming home from school and I saw it and I was like, oh, that's good. But then after I started hearing like, hey, we didn't trade like Wall or like, like some Rockets fans who they wanted Wood out to Charlotte, but uh, the Wizards beat us to that. So we, so I started hearing that like the Lakers, like we were in talks with the Lakers to trade Wall over there and Wood over there, and they give us their first round pick of 2027. But hey, this I like how Schroeder was playing in that Phoenix game. It showed that like hey. If KPJ's like out for some reason, they're like, uh, we have a good guy that could be helping the young guys develop with Schroeder being there. Yeah, I think when it comes to that Lakers deal, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I think a lot about the Rockets deadline was a lot about more of what they didn't do instead of what they actually did. And I personally think this is a, this is how I think everything went down to to what I've seen from tea leaves and and from reports from reputable people and all of that. I think with Eric Gordon, I do think that there was a first round pick on the board, and the Rockets got a little greedy, and they probably should have taken a first round pick from a team when it was offered to them. That was a miss. That was a big miss, swing and a miss. They thought they could get more, and they didn't. When it comes to Christian Wood. I don't think he was in any Lakers talks, but I do think that there was some interest with Charlotte, but I also think that the Rockets asking price was a little too much for what Charlotte was looking for. Charlotte was able to get Montrezl Harrell for Vernon Carey and Ish Smith practically for free. Like they were able to get a guy, they didn't have to go PJ Washington and they have that depth and, and Montrezl Harrell is a, a really good fit for that team. So I really don't blame them at all for not going for Christian Wood, even if, or, you know, that package was there. Rockets like, legend. No, sorry. Rockets legend. Rockets legend is Smith. Thank you. Rockets legend mantra is Harold there. If you really <laughs> yeah, like right? A lot, of, a lot of Rockets time. Vernon Carey's got to come to the Rockets in order to make that deal like a full <laughs> circle. But, um, Just wanted to make you know, one. Okay, so, but I'll say, and then with Tice, obviously he went to, to Boston. But 
I really ge- – and then with the John Wall talks with the Lakers, I genuinely think the Rockets had the offer on the table and the Lakers denied it. The Lakers were really feeling that 2027 first, and they didn't want to trade it. But here's a bit of a hot take here. I think that 2027 first is coming to the Rockets in the offseason. I do. Yeah. Because and I, I think I, I think it and you know what? I also think Christian Wood is gonna go to the Lakers. I think that it is, you know, I think Christian Wood will get traded in the offseason. I think that, you know, that it's just this this situation just isn't what is working right for the Rockets at this point. Christian Wood, I think, would benefit from being on a team like the Lakers that can play um you know, I, I think Christian Wood will have to learn with it, but the fact that it's with LeBron, like I feel like he'll 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 willingly step back from that. I feel like with with the Rockets, he feels like I am the creator, I am the dude, I am the best player on this team, and that's why he feels the need to take the ball in almost every circumstance to the rack when he has the ball in his hands and he doesn't pass as often. He doesn't trust his teammates, but. If he goes to the Lakers, I think he would benefit from having AD right there. I think he'd benefit from having, um, you know, LeBron right there. I think that it that fit to me makes a little bit more sense there. And I think that the Rockets may have been a little bit hesitant to trade Christian Wood at this time because they still could see something there. Obviously, they don't know where they are in the draft lottery. That, to me, is honestly the biggest thing because if they – if they don't feel comfortable taking a big wherever they're drafted, so like if they're at number four and they don't want to jump for D- Jalen Duren, or if they're at five or six and they don't feel solid on Nikola Jovic or something like that, then maybe you you make the case and say, okay, you know, we, we'll keep Wood. But I do think that the Rockets are just waiting to get to that point where they know where they're drafting and they know who's going to be at their disposal when they pick. And he'll go there. I do think that this draft is a lot like last year's draft where the top three are all in their own tier. So Mobley, Cade, and Jalen were all in the top three. No one ever thought anyone else would crack into that. And the same with this draft with Jabari, Chet, and Paolo. And if they can get into those top three, it's just not going to make sense with Christian Wood there next year. So I think that they'll – and May 17th is the lottery. So by the offseason, like the true offseason, they'll know – you know, what their draft board looks like, and then they can adjust from there. But, um, do you, but do you think if they had an offer for John Wall to go to the Lakers, who would you like were to package in that deal? Because I don't think Westbrook would want to come back to the Rockets. So well, who would you- they would buy out Westbrook. They would buy out Westbrook. Um, and the thing is, so essentially what you're looking at is, you're looking at a trade where it's like Westbrook for Wall and uh, Christian Wood for that first round pick. Yeah, that's essentially what you're looking at here. And for the Lakers, it would make sense to do that. And I also know that the Rockets were looking into possibly doing a pick swap um, for that 2027 pick. And I don't necessarily know if that would be worth it because look, Christian Wood's a really good player, and I know they were looking for two first round picks for him. Maybe you add some protections on that 27 pick. Maybe that will make it more uh, worth it for the Lakers because the reason why the Lakers are so hesitant to give up that 27 pick is because they know that pick is going to be really high because they know also that their window, it expires when LeBron leaves. When LeBron leaves, that team doesn't make any sense anymore and they leave. 
And yeah. you're already seeing, you know, where they are right now with him, you know, still there. But to me, I think like LeBron is two years left in this deal, including this year. Next year is the last year of that window. So why not go all in, get Christian Wood, who arguably would be the best player you could get from that 2027 pick and you get John Wall instead of Westbrook. That might be a little bit of a better fit for the Lakers and you move from there. That to me is, you know, and I know the money might have to move away. Maybe, maybe the Rockets could find a way to nag uh, Taylor and Horton Tucker in that pick too. Maybe you throw them an extra second uh, to get that to happen uh, and maybe to make the salaries match up. But to me, like, it, it wouldn't shock me if that, if that went down in the offseason. I know I'm kind of just, you know, making up a scenario here and there isn't a whole lot of merit behind what I'm saying, but it's an idea that I think could fester in the offseason just because of fit purposes with the Rockets and the Lakers. Yeah. Um, so when's Bronny coming into the league? 2024, right? Yeah. So Bronny's <laughs> coming in 2024. Um, but look, so the Rockets, if, like, so if we're still it, bad by thing. then, Mike, I want to hear what you think about this whole Bronny and, you know, the Bronny LeBron package that, that he basically proposed at all-star break. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's, I mean, he's the 39th ranked high school player as a junior. And I mean, I don't pay a ton of attention to high school rankings, but he's the 39th ranked guy. Somebody's going to draft him in the second round to learn LeBron for his, uh, you know, going away party, basically. But I think it's and I ridiculous. don't think the Rockets should be that. I think it's that, pandering. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous pandering for a guy that I don't feel like has any sort of future in the league, period, end of story. Can I, can I be honest with you? Yes, always. I think he goes back to Cleveland. Yeah, and you I know what? I think that would make a lot of sense for Cleveland to go and do it. Cleveland's he at a point about, where they're he... developing this new core right now, and you're at a point where in 2024, if you take Bronny, you get LeBron back to where it all started. Like, but you, know, you can't write that script. Though. Yeah, but it's And like, they would be good. Like, they would be good. Like, you put Darius Garland, LeBron, Evan Mobley I, is going to be probably the best player on that team. Jared Allen is an all-star. Like, that is – that's a pretty scary team. And if they – Yeah, he talked win, about, like – Like, he wouldn't have to be LeBron James on that team to win a ring. And I think that would be, like, a perfect fit for him. I kind of hope it happens, honestly, because it takes him out of the East – and oh. it's a nice little story on it, honestly. Cavs Rockets yeah. 2025 finals, anybody? Yeah, okay. Let's no. win 20 games <laughs> in a season first. How about that? How about that, Jeremy? That'd yeah, because I hear I heard that like LeBron might want to go back to Cleveland because everyone's like saying, "Oh, this Cleveland team's looking nice." Then Brown's like, "Yeah, well, we don't know. Someday I might come go back. Someday I might not." So to me, yeah, I but think how, how ridiculous until Bronny comes in and then Bronny, but, he goes. With yeah, Bronny. but how pathetic for Cleveland though. Like he's left you at the altar twice and basically told you to shove off when he went to Miami and then LA, and now you're gonna welcome him back. I mean, I'm with you. It's a but really good also, situation, they don't Jeremy. Need him. They don't need him either. That's what I'm saying. Like, but you, but you don't do that. I wouldn't do that if I was Steph. Steph Curry always goes back to Cleveland. He gets booed. Good. Um, he should. He has yeah, the most that's a very he has different a, story. That's a very yeah, different story. Steph has the most punchable face in the league, but we can talk yeah. about that on a different show. All right, Mauricio. Anything? Anything else left before we move on to someone else? I'm just so disappointed on Jalen Green during the dunk. 
Okay. okay. We need to talk about that, Jerry. Right. Thanks, I have a take Mauricio. On I appreciate that. it. I have a okay. take on that that I don't right. feel it. Thank you, Mauricio. Jalen Green at the at the dunk contest. Go ahead. Let me ask. Let me let me tell you something. Okay. That dunk contest was the worst dunk contest as a whole I've ever seen in my entire life. The amount of hate that Jalen Green is getting from this dunk contest, especially by Rockets fans, is absurd. It's a dunk contest. No one cares. Okay? It does not matter. We did not draft him second overall to win a dunk contest. Okay? All-Star Saturday night has grown to be one of the most unwatchable events of the entire year of the entire sports landscape. If you're honestly upset about the way he performed in the dunk contest, get a life. And stay off of Twitter destroying his performance because it's ridiculous and absurd. I will say this, though. Yes. Had Sorry, I had done, to get that off my chest. Had he done his second dunk? Filthy. When, in, the, in the first round? Yeah. That's a 50. It's a 50. If he would have. That was first, the best dunk of the night, honestly, in my opinion. Not even close. It's not, first of all, the NBA decided on the wrong guy for the dunk contest from the Rockets. It should have been KJ Martin. You and I were on that train last year, if you remember. Go check the receipts, as the kids would say in the streets. Okay? Go check the receipts of you and I saying, we need to get this kid in the dunk contest. KJ like, Martin would have won that dunk contest. He would have won that dunk contest yeah. easily. That's how, that's how you fix the dunk contest. You put KJ Martin in there. That's how you do it. You also you get have. Him, you, get, you get his dad. He exactly. Comes, he dunks over his dad. Yeah. Be amazing. I'm just saying, put like, him in, put him in his dad's uh, New Jersey Nets jersey or something. Oh, oh, you bring out, uh, you know, there's so many things that they could have done, but the entire dunk contest was a joke. The skills contest was was a joke. The drinking game that they had with Steph Curry and his wife and Two Chains and his wife was the most unwatchable television I have watched since the revamped MTV Cribs. Okay, it's it was awful. MTV awful. revamped Cribs. Yeah, they did. And it's horrible. It's as bad as thank it you, sounds. Thank you for letting me know. I'm not going to watch it now. You're welcome. But the entire thing, <laughs> like they're talking about how they need to revamp All-Star Saturday night. Very easy. Get stars for the dunk contest. The three-point contest is fine. I like the skills challenge. And it, oh God, The Rising I'm, Stars challenge was the highlight of the weekend. Not just because we're for sure. Like, that was objectively the best television of the, of the yeah. four or five events that they had. Um, the celebrity but, game is was horrendous. Oh, the celebrity <laughs> horrendous. Like replace honestly replace that with with like NBA, a G League showcase. I would say that or uh, do you remember the game Knockout? Yeah. Have the guys play Knockout? I would wa- I would watch that. No questions asked. Or you know what would be interesting, honestly, would be like a recently retired game, like like the players that had recently retired versus players that are like in the G, like G League Ignite plays recently retired players. What about part? Exactly. Well, how about a partnership between the the what is it the big three or what is the thing called with Joe Johnson? Yeah. And like if if they I like partner, that idea actually. Yeah, do like a three on three sort of game. Three. Put metal yeah. nets. Put metal nets on the rim instead of the the nets that they have now, and turn it into something that you can't find other than. All Star Weekend. Mike, a lot of people have been throwing out ideas to fix the All Star game. That might be the best one that I've heard so far. Thank you, sir. 
I appreciate that very we much. We agree on something for once. Oh, don't you know what you say that we agree <laughs> a lot more. But we like do, keeping we it, do, we do. But keeping it rocket centric, like the um, I had to get off of Twitter after because everybody's just killing this kid, and I'm like, who? Yeah, cares? You know what I mean? I'm like, nothing from this weekend should oh, have been God. Be, like, and I also read a lot of people that were praising Jalen Green on. Friday night um, for like being in the all in the rising stars game. Like, I'm sorry, but like an exhibition game doesn't, especially one that like is meant to be fun Ugh. and all that. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't tell me anything I didn't already know. And like, like we don't look like Jalen green is not a better player today than he was a week ago because he dropped 20 in the, in the rising Absolutely stars. Game. Like, that's, like, it's just not like I, that for all, like that game did not count. We shouldn't like, count that and and for all these people say oh steven silas doesn't like unleash him like no it's like that is that is such a bad take like it's like, this, like i just and i don't know like it's hard to tell on twitter because it's hard to tell if people are like actually serious about that or if they're joking and i hope that a lot of people were just joking about that i think most of them were but i genuinely believe that some people were serious in saying that Jalen green is uh, like Steven Silas is a bad coach because Jalen Green dropped 20 in the Rising Stars game. Like that's just ridiculous. Well, you're they're they're out of their minds is what it is. And before we wrap, before I know we got some time, but I do want to talk about the the NBA 75 list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude, like going after Silas like in season during games with his rotations, I can get behind. You know, like that's a topic of conversation. But on All Star Weekend, when these kid they're kids. You know, Jalen Green is a kid. Josh Christopher, like people were destroying Josh Christopher for the pass that he was throwing Jalen Green in a meaningless dunk contest. Are you kidding me? Like at that point, exactly. Like people, you know. Oh, and this is not Rockets related, but I do want to get your take on this. People were the same people that were going after Josh Christopher for that. I saw one guy who was upset about that, and then torching Jared Allen for what he was wearing. During All Star Weekend, I took offense to that. You're a loser if you're doing that, that. He's an All Star getting paid a hundred million dollars, and because that's what wearing I would a wear. yeah, like he's I, wearing I, a like, hoodie from Target. That. Yeah, I've worn that. It's okay, he, bro. I'm just saying. So what? Am I? Do, am I? Do I look cheap when I wear that? No, but you know I what? Mean, the, also, people don't know. People know that I don't make a hundred million dollars and all that. But like, let the dude wear whatever the hell he wants. Come on. Man. Like, right. And Britt points out in the chat, people were being trolls about All-Star Weekend. No, like I get trolling, but there were people out there because I engaged with these people that were 100 percent serious. And Jared Allen's response. Did you see his response to that? And it I was just, perfect. I just wear clothes. like something like that. He said, what do you want me to do? Go out and buy a five thousand dollar chain? Yeah. No, I don't, Jared <laughs> Allen. I want you to be happy. And if you're happy in a twenty five dollar pullover from Target, you wear that twenty five dollar pullover from Target, Jared Allen. Go be an all star. I also heard that he whispers that I wish he was get, a rocket. But, mm. I heard that he also had to get an iPhone and then he originally had like an Android. That's that makes horrible, though. Yeah, that just makes me like him that much more, though. That's, like, I wish he horrible. honestly said. No, no, Mike. If, that makes me hate him more. If he had, like, a black. The, the only way that story is better is if he w- had a Blackberry. Like, one of the original Blackberries from, like, 12 years ago. Like, I would vibe that much more with Jared Allen. I was working with a guy um, at the Magic game a few weeks ago. 
and I because I, I help yeah. people with their tickets because it's all on phones now. And uh, he had an iPhone four. Oh yes, an yes. iPhone four. Oh my god! It was like like it was the size of my hand. I love it. I like, love it, Jeremy. Well, actually, like I could hold it and like hide the phone. <laughs> Jared and the reason why I had to help him is because he couldn't get the barcode to read from the, the ticket reader because it was so small. Okay, so Jared, there's no way Jared Allen doesn't think that Olive Garden is fancy Italian food, right? <laughs> like, what else does well, Jared it's, It is the fancy, it's probably one of the fanciest uh, Italian restaurants in Cleveland. Hey, I um, love, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I do love, I do love Olive Garden. Uh, no, I've never like, been to Cleveland, so I really can't. I really yeah, can't I have no interest in it. I'm sure there are great Italian restaurants in there. Sorry if you are an Italian restaurant owner in, in the city of Cleveland. Just I'm saying, man. Just saying, man. Much more fancier than Olive Garden. Yeah, Jared <laughs> Allen. Jared Allen's my spirit animal. Uh, but real quick, what are your thoughts on the NBA 75 list? So, obviously, we've seen that list for a while. Um, you know, it's it's cute. It, it, you know, I mean, what, James Harden and Hakeem, that, that's the Rockets. Yeah. I guess if you want to count Scottie Pippen as a Rocket. I do. Okay, so that's three. Is there anyone else I'm missing? Uh, no. I mean, Hakeem, uh, Dwight Howard? Charles Dwight Barkley. Howard? Dwight Howard make it? Maybe. I, like, I... I will say... I, I guess the Charles two- Barkley counts as a Rocket. If, yeah. if we're counting Scottie Pippen as a Rocket, we've got to count Charles Barkley as well. I think the best part of All-Star Weekend, though, as a whole, was the big press – not press conference. The big meeting that they did with the NBA 75 guys. That was cool, man. Like, seeing some of the pictures of just mm-hmm. talent in a room. Like, if you could be a fly on a wall, I mean, my God. I mean, my level – the caliber I mean, of guy in that room. Too, that we could count. Yeah. We count as other people that are Rockets, too. I mean, would you count Kevin McHale as a Rocket? Uh, no, I don't count coaches that Carmelo Anthony, uh, Rockets legend. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's also, I'm, I'm looking at like a tier oh, list here. Moses Malone, Moses Malone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. what? Yeah. Chris Paul. To, I mean, yeah, there's way more. There's, I mean, yeah, there's a decent amount of Rockets on there. Harden and Olajuwon just because those guys are the guys that are, you know, going to the hall of fame as Rockets. Um, like obviously Carmelo Anthony's not going to Hall of Fame as a Rocket. Uh, same as Chris Paul, Clyde Drexler. Ooh, uh, that's an interesting question for you though. What does Chris Westbrook. Paul? What does Chris Paul go in as? A Clipper? Um, Clipper. If he, wins, if he wins the title with the Suns, he'll go in as a Sun. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, it's it's a little dicey. The, uh, I would say, but I, I say if he doesn't win it, if he doesn't win a title, I think he goes in as Clipper. Yeah, that's yeah, what he'll be most remembered fair. for. To me, that that's that is how you define him. Do you think Dream deserved to be in the top ten, as Sean points out? Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean it's, it's not, hard. It's such it's a bias. I mean, we do have a podcast named after him, um, so <laughs> that could be seen as a bias too. But I mean. I don't think it's a wild hot take to say that Hakeem is one of the ten best players to ever play the game of basketball. Yeah, no, it's it's so hard to justify that. Like, not just sorry. Let me take that back. You could there's probably twenty guys if you you honestly had a conversation about you could put in the top ten of all time. Um, 
Dream is definitely on that list. I'm not mad that it came in at, what, 13? Uh, but, I mean, Dream is Dream. Yeah. Me. I mean, look, they have – they. there's probably 15 people that I'd probably consider as, you know, potential top 10 players. Obviously, you have Michael. You have LeBron. You have Kareem. You have Magic. You have Kobe. Then – you look at the next tier guys, and I'm I'm taking this off of an article that I'm that I'm reading through here, but um Bill Russell, Tim Duncan, Larry Bird, yeah. KD, Curry, Wilt Chamberlain. Whoa, 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 whoa. You better Shaq, not put Steph Curry ahead Hakeem, of a team Oscar Robertson, Jerry West. I mean, look, Steph has three rings. Yeah, okay. Olajuwon's but got two. And, and impact, yeah, you can argue that, you know, yeah. two of those rings came. Um, you know, with, with KD, but I mean, he is a revolutionary player and I do think that helps him. Um, you know, he's the greatest shooter ever. And I think that's hard to, to, you know, keep him out of the top 10. Uh, so I would argue that, but look like I, I, but as you said, Mike, like, you know, I just listed 15 people, you know, five of those guys can't be in the top 10. Uh, so like they're, they're, those are guys that are kind of, you know, Maybe, maybe not. Like, there's there's a case for and there's a case against. And obviously, you and I are probably going to have cases for Hakeem Olajuwon because we have a podcast meant for him. We, You have seen him, you know, he was before my lifetime. But, uh, you know, as a kid, you, you saw him Special. growing up. Um, yeah, so, so there, there's something different there. Um, but, yeah. I also think, I think impact on the game, you said that real quick. I want to touch on that. I think for a guy like Akeem, if you put Akeem Olajuwon in today's game, I think he's as equally dominant, if not more dominant, than he was when he played. I think just using Steph Curry as an example, Steph is not nearly as impactful on the game if he played in Olajuwon's era as if he does now. The game is just totally different. I don't think Steph's game translates as well. I'll say for just this reason alone – Gary Payton would lock Steph Curry up. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, they call him the glove for a reason. Like the hand check rules would take a lot of Steph Steph's game away, in my opinion. I still think he's a little bit more like Clay. I think a hundred percent. He's more of a spot up guy. Play more of like great point. Yeah, he'd have to play more off ball because that's a lot of what he does has done for his whole career. Is he's you know. He uses his shooting as a point guard. He uses his shooting to open up the other parts of his game. But I feel like if he were in that era, he would be more of a shooting guard like his dad was. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's why for me, like dream is, is probably number 10. I don't think I can put him any higher than 10, just based on other guys, you know, bird magic, Jordan, Bill Russell, uh, LeBron. Uh, I'm forgetting a couple guys, but those are just yeah. off my head. But I felt like it was important to at least have a dialogue on the 75 list where dream came in at 13, I think is fine. It's never going to change the fact that in my opinion, he will go down as the greatest rocket ever. I don't think anybody will come close to Akeem. Yeah. Let's, let's kind of put this all full circle and let's kind of get back to the, um, get back to the point of the episode. We're talking about like the state of the rockets. What, Mike, we got 24 games left. What is the number one thing you're looking forward to in these last 24 games? Oh, God, I feel like it would be too pessimistic to say the end of the season. Um, <laughs> that, that would I be mean, my, hey, that, that, that's that would a valid be my, answer, though. That would be my easy answer. 
Um, honestly, man, the development of uh, Jalen Green, Alperen Shangoon, and Josh Christopher. Yes, I want to see Kevin Porter Jr. continue to excel. Yes, I want to see Jay Sean Tate continue to excel. I want to see Garrison Matthews take steps forward, but the three guys that I'm laser focused on night in and night out is Shingoon, uh, Josh Christopher, and uh, and Jalen Green. You know, yeah. I, I want and I want to see Silas. Silas is my fourth. So those are the four guys I'm looking at. Can Silas expand his offensive system to key in on developing his young guys? Mm-hmm. And I'll round it out with Deshaun Nix. I want to see Deshaun Nix on the main roster. Yeah, I had a back and forth with Adam Spillane, who well, he is on the main roster. Well, no, well, so I, I see what you're saying, but he's playing with the Vipers now. Yeah, correct. I want to see him. Spillane and I went back and forth a little bit, where I don't understand him in the G League. Like, I get the consistent minutes thing, but the Rockets are literally playing for draft picks. Bring him up, like let him play with the main guys. So I those think are my we'll five see him at some point this season. I mean, they signed him to a four-year contract. He's not a, He's not getting – he's getting better, obviously, with consistent minutes with the Vipers, but that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, mm-hmm. it's nice. Okay, congrats. You're, you're playing with guys that your skill level is already above. What can you he's do? Proven to, he's proven that. He's proven that in the in – the So those are my five G guys. League already. Yeah. Those are my five guys. It's Nix, Silas, Shingoon, uh, Josh Christopher, and Jalen Green. What can to those me, guys bring? I'm going to be honest, Mike. You know how I am about Steven Silas. Yep. I've always been Team Silas. I'm about as low on Steven Silas than I've ever been. Ooh! Woo! Right okay. I mean, I'm here for it. I mean, but, okay, and, and why? Here's, here's, I just, I talked about it on the last episode after that Clippers game. The defense is on pace to be one of the worst defenses in NBA history. Yep. And to me, that is an indictment on everybody. That's an indictment on the team, but it's also an indictment on the coaching staff. And to me, like, and someone has to take responsibility for it. And it's hard to point. And the thing is when everybody's responsible, Mike, for the failure of the defense, it falls on the captain of the ship. And the captain of the ship is Steven Silas. And I'll say this, I think you can, there is enough there to justify letting him go at the end of the season. I do think that these last 24 games are going to, he's he's coaching for his job at this point. Like, I really think that there is, there is a world where he could get fired at the end of the season. If, If the defense continues to play like they have been lately, it wouldn't bother me if they chose to move on from him. I do think that there is a lot of benefits to keeping Steven Silas. Obviously, the players really care about him. You know, I saw something on Twitter today, and uh, I think it was Red94 tweeted out, like, what would you grade Steven Silas? And we talked, um, and our good buddy Ryan Hollins uh, responded. What grade do you think Ryan Hollins gave him? I haven't seen this. I would say probably a B if I know Hollins. It's interesting. You probably don't know Steve, uh, Ryan Hollins oh, okay. that well, Mike, because this give man gave him an A+. Plus. That's absurd. That's right. That Houston is Rockets asinine. killer commentator Ryan Hollins asinine. gives Steven Silas an A+, plus for awesome. his coaching job this season. He said players have developed, lots of opportunity, Lies. growth in the Lies. playbook, and Lies. hands-on teaching. 
Okay, so he's obviously not watching any of these games because literally. Well, that's the thing. Like he's watched said, every game. No, but he's, he's obviously every game. Who's go- okay? Let me ask you a question, Ryan Hollins. If you're listening to the show, give me one guy who is thoroughly developed to an acceptable level this year. Give me one guy. I think Jalen Green has, but at the same time, eh. Mike. It isn't like this year isn't like it's not just this year that we're looking at. We're looking at, the, you know, the whole circle. Sure. It's not just him. So and, and I think, yeah, Britt's saying Kevin Porter Jr. And that's also, you know, I think a valid answer. So it, it's not just about looking at the, these guys for this year. They have the next years on top of that, you know, as part of it. So, yes. But to me, the defense well, is the defense is unacceptable. Like the defense is unacceptable at this point. I really just don't. Well, and Britt says like I, yeah. I don't understand. Like they like there is no defense. They, well, they Britt says literally let them score quickly so he can go get back on offense. For sure, Britt says KPJ. Yeah, I mean KPJ last year put up a fifty burger on defensively. Utah. Defensively, yeah. he has looked better, but he, I also yeah. think too a lot of the defensive problems on this team can be stemmed from Christian Wood. So if I did have to like you know, point the finger and I'm not necessarily doing that because not everyone, you know, everyone's defense has been pretty poor this year, but Christian, well, that's why normally if you have a good defensive center, you're, you're a decent defensive team. Well, Wood didn't play against, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to bring Britt up here for a little bit. Um, she's requesting to speak. So Britt, super. welcome to the show. How are you? What's up, Britt? Britt going once you might be on oh, mute. You're on mute. Right I forgot. Now. Yeah. There um, you go. There you go. What's up, Britt? <laughs> how are you, Britt? I'm good, thanks. All right, so, drop your tape. Um, yeah, I'm definitely more of a Silas opponent, and definitely more positive on him compared to you two. Um, I think in general, Silas probably will get at least one more year, and I, I'll give a couple of reasons. One, I don't know if you can really count the entirety of the last season so the 2020-21 season because of the COVID situation I think that's unique plus you know James Harden acting complete full for half the season and the injury concerns um that's one and two the defense the defensive issues I agree they're definitely there and it's definitely something to monitor but a lot of that is personnel um concerns and I'm not saying that like that should be on Silas and the coaching staff to improve on it. But I think that has to be something that we monitor year to year. Um, I think it would be rather rash at this point to fire Steven Silas just to, you know, find someone to fire. Um, I think if he lost the locker room or has been, you know, just has been completely shut out by the um, team, then yeah, you fire him now. But it doesn't seem like that. Um, that's not to say he won't be the coach of the Rockets eventually. Um, but I, I think that it's not worth unless like the team completely loses 24 straight games, which I hope doesn't happen, um, that he's going to get fired. And I mean, Brit, they're two might, games to win. Like, for, they might oh. lose 20. Like, well, we, Brit, let me pull up the schedule here real quick, Mike. Yeah. Go ahead. So a couple questions, Britt. Number one, would you not consider him partially losing the locker room with what happened at halftime with KPJ leaving the building? I mean, the thing is, is that we don't know what actually happened in that situation. Like, we know he left the building and KPJ took that on himself on on that. So he wasn't like trying. I I think if 
I think the situation would be different if KPJ was blaming the coaching staff the entire time and sort of saying like it wasn't any of his responsibility um, and continued to do the nonsense. Like that was really the only blip that he had the entire season. Like it, it's a big sure. one. I'm not saying it's not um, something that we shouldn't consider as being bad. It's definitely bad. I don't think that's something that he should have done. He should have been more mature than that. But considering that last time he got into a fight with the coaching staff, he threw something at someone. Um, I I personally would rather have him step away if he knows that his temper can get to a point where he can throw something um, and essentially lose his career because that would have been it for that. So um, one of the so, next 12 games are against playoff teams. Just a heads yeah. up. But, so, but that doesn't mean – Yeah. I just want to ask one follow-up question. Tomorrow, would you fire Steven Silas to hire Sam Cassell? Maybe if Sam Cassell was available. If Cassell said, said, I'm in. If Cassell said, I'm in, would you fire Steven Silas tomorrow? Uh, I, I would say yes, if they believed it was a good fit. But I think it would That's have why to you be get like, rid of Silas, though. That's exactly because of what you just said. But you can't assume. I mean, but. That, that's assuming, like, if that's it was actually like, yes, right? I'm okay. Sure. But if you're like, thinking that, oh, maybe he'll be available um, and you don't have that guarantee whatsoever, I, I don't think you just fire someone just to fire them, which is yeah, what no, no, no. a lot of, you know, people are saying. I think you get, uh, you have to find an incredibly good fit because that'd be the third coach in essentially three years. I know it's like four, you know, three, four seasons. Third coach in four years still. But, yeah. But, yeah. but that's a situation. I ask you that because yes, you won't, I think you only get rid of Silas for the right fit, but you have all the right connections in this organization to get Sam Cassell back home. And that's Matt Bullard in the front office. That's Calvin Murphy, Mario Eli, both in the fold. I think Cassell is the perfect fit for this team and they need to do everything they can do to get him this offseason. See, I wouldn't necessarily think that Sam Cassell is the guy that you go out and get as a potential Silas replacement, Ooh. I would go out and get someone that has done this before. Give me a this guy. Is not their first rodeo. Someone that has experienced success as an NBA head coach. That is like what we've seen from a lot from Steven Silas lately, like about how, you know, last week against, you know, the jazz, he was struggling to get Josh Christopher into the game. Like those are things that veteran head coaches don't really have much of an issue with. I understand your your love affair with Sam Cassell, Mike, and I get like I don't think he'd be a terrible fit either. But to me, I don't think he offers enough of a difference than what Steven Silas is already giving. Like I need a guy that knows how to run the team, can run a like a solid defense on top of that, because that's the big thing for me, Britt. Is you know a lot of what you said and defending Silas, a lot of those same words are coming out of my mouth up until about a week ago. Um, ultimately, for me, the defense is just where I'm at with Silas right now, and it's just negative and i do agree that the personnel is is a big part of the issue as well but you're getting two rookies again next year you're arguably gonna stay where you are like you know you're not getting you're not getting like any better on defense with the players like you have to shake things up coaching wise in order to make it happen now whether that is whether what this current staff does with this team or whether it's a brand new group of people that will coach defense differently. That's, that's where I'm at with it. I do think there's a lot of that. I don't, I think the chances of Steven Silas getting fired right now at the end of the season is probably about 20 to 25%. I really don't think it's going to happen because I do think that I agree with you. They haven't really given him much of a chance, 
And I do think that if you give him a next year, but if this, if these 25 games go south, it wouldn't surprise me if he's on the hot seat right out of the gates next season. And if he has another 10 game losing streak out of the gate, maybe it's time to to move on. Yeah. And I think Sean made a good point. Like you can't necessarily say that it has to be Silas who gets fired. Like they can bring in a defensive minded. They're going to need to shut that coaching staff one way or another. Yeah. So Will Weaver, God bless him. I love him, but man, he is not like, he's supposed to be the defensive guy. They need like a Jeff Zellick. That's exactly what they need. They need a guy that knows the defense that can, you know, cause Silas is an offense coach. He led the most efficient offense in NBA history the year before he came to Houston. Let him do that and bring in your defensive coordinator. They don't they brought that in Will Weaver, but Will Weaver has been unable to show on the court, you know, that he can run a valid NBA defense. Because when he was coaching Jay Sean Tate in Sydney, they had the number one defense in the NBA by or in their not in the NBA, but in their NBL. league by far. I'll give NBL. you I'll give thank you, you, Britt. I'll give you two names for a defensive coordinator that I would hire in five seconds. The first is Gary Payton. Who has already expressed well, interest in getting yeah, that'd be nice. to get into coaching? And I'll give you another one. Loves the Houston Rockets and hates the Utah Jazz. I'd hire Vernon Maxwell to be one of my defensive assistants. I don't know if him up. and Jeff Hornacek could be on the same staff though. No, get rid of Hornacek <laughs> is useless. No, but that's the type of, and it's not just a Houston connection that I'm looking for. Like, it's nice. But I want guys who have a hunger to make this organization better. And what mm-hmm. better guys than a Vernon Maxwell who's around the building, re-engaged with the, the organization, and arguably one of the greatest defensive players to ever play, or a guy like Gary Payton who has said, hey, I want to get into coaching. Okay, go get him. Bring him here. That's where I'm at with defensive coordinator positions. Britt, I would love your take on that. Those are my guys that I go after. Um, I mean, I think they're two, you know, credible guys, especially if they're trying to get into the league. I don't know if becoming the head assistant coach immediately would happen, but I I think we would, I think I would sort of back up on one thing that you said that, you know, you want players that are, I guess, coaches that want to make the team better. I don't think Silas doesn't want to do that. Um, I think that's unfair to say. Like, we ultimately only see, what, two to three hours of the Rockets at most per day and maybe four to five hours per week. We don't see what's happening behind the scenes. Um, A lot of the stuff related to defense could be personnel stuff. I I think the the Suns game is a great example of that. Christian Wood, for whatever reason, he has a very difficult time, if I'm going to be nice about it. Um, acquiring defensive schemes and understanding what his role is a lot of times like he he has like sparks of that but at this point I I feel like he needs an opportunity where he's not like having to be that center person uh, like you all were saying earlier Um, and when they were when they did not have him they were playing pretty decent defense Um, and I, I think a lot of the rebuilding thing too is that you can see that Silas is getting a lot of room to be experimental with his, you know, his schemes. I'm, I will be very interested to see, like, if he doesn't get fired, I don't think he's going to get fired, but if he, it, you know, next season when he may be more in the hot seat, 
if he has more consistent rotations. Like if he continues to do this, then yeah, of course, I think people will get more and more frustrated. But we're in a rebuilding phase is not, I think, unless you were very, very optimistic about the team, which I sort of was at the beginning of the season. But if you were like saying, oh, they're going to be playing this season, one of the things that, you know, I think a lot of people should have tempered their expectations from the start is that the Rockets were going on the rebuild mode. Tillman even said that, you know, Tillman probably didn't necessarily want to say that from the jump. So that's all I'm going to say. I don't think that Silas is unwilling to improve the team. And regardless of whether or not he gets hired or fired, it seems like he's very passionate about the players. He's a player first um, coach. And I don't think he should necessarily get fired because of a situation that the front office is ultimately making when it comes. There, but uh, thank you for coming on. I feel like you got a lot of what you wanted to say out there, but I appreciate you and all the work that you do. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I thought we, that's, I'm glad we, I think there's a good place to stop right here. Park park the rocket ship. I think we could go for like another hour and a half. We could, we could. Like the dialogue. That's why it's a good place to stop now before we talk about it for a couple more hours. But we'll be back on Friday. It's going to look a little tricky because I, I'm going to be at the game. So what we might do, uh, we might have a non-life show. We might have a, a rather later show than we usually do on Friday because I definitely want to be a part of it and share my experiences at the game. So uh, definitely going to uh, incorporate some show on Friday, but it won't be directly after the game like it usually is. But it will be there and will be on demand uh, the day after at least. Uh, yes, you can sir. always listen to us after every game. And then we have a game on Monday, I think. <laughs> you are on Monday. One more game, I think. Yep. No, I will be in L.A. Sunday, on, on, fr- on Friday. Yeah, so I'll be in L.A. We'll Sunday. figure it out. We'll figure out what we need to do for Friday. Yeah. I'm g- definitely yeah, good yeah. for Sunday night. So You're going to L.A.? I am going to L.A. for work. Yes, sir. Oh, we're going to be training. The part. Well, <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> we'll, find, we'll find a way to make it work. We yeah. always do. Forever apart, but number one in our <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Dream Take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take and at DreamShakeSBN. Also head to our Facebook. Uh, give us a like over there. Head to TheDreamShake.com from, for all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. And Mike, drop the Twitter for the listeners so they can follow you. At BSW Podcast underscore MB. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Jeremy Greiner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Dream Take. Until next time, go Rockets.